Welcome to another edition of the Lord Review Podcast. My name is Nathan Schertz, and on today's show, we talk Cubs. All things Chicago Cubs with Derek. Should we be concerned with the eject button or just write it out? Well, you'll have to listen for the next 30 minutes and find out for yourself. And we'll let you know what we got coming up later today when Arkansas stops by and talks White Sox. So, without further ado, strap it in, because here we go. Well, Derek, we're a couple weeks into the season here, and the Cubs hitting's on the comeback, yes, but a, thir- a 13-4 route doesn't do the heart much good. What are your thoughts? Well, 13-4 route each way in the last two days, but uh, offensively, I think the Cubs are starting to wake up. I mean, you can't hate uh, an Anthony Rizzo two-homer night, was that correct, if I... Yep, Rizzo two homers tonight. He had a triple yesterday. Uh, the other Cubs hitting also. Are you concerned that there's not a lot? There's not enough velocity in this rotation. No, I'm not. I I think Hendricks' biggest issue uh, tonight, and for those listening on Monday, we recorded this Sunday night. Hendricks' biggest issue, I think, tonight was he was too strong. In other words. He was overthrowing, and the ball wasn't there, and that's because he hasn't pitched in so long because of that uh, health scare. That's right. He, I forgot he had that. Honestly, the past week, what other other than the offense is coming back? Kimbrel looks okay. What What are your general takeaways over the last week or so since we've done this last? Well, yeah, it's, we played eight games since the last time we talked. Uh, they're two and six in those eight games, which makes you want to think about, yeah, not sure. But the last two, I know they got blown out 13 to four tonight, but the last two offensively have given me hope. Contreras has been hitting. Brian's been hitting, but now you have Rizzo hitting the two home runs tonight. He had a triple yesterday. Baez had a double last night, another one today. Um, Jock Peterson got a couple hits now. It, it just seems like they're all starting to, relax a little bit and let the game come to them and play. And that's really kind of the the vibe I'm getting. And I will say this until my birthday, which is the end of May. It's still freaking early. We're going we're going a, a full 162, minus the double headers, which is only seven of those don't count in real games in my book. However, that's another, that's another <laughs> argument for another day. However, we're going up full 162. I'm not panicking yet. I was just moderately concerned because putting the bet on the ball is like the most important part. You can throw a note. You can throw a three hit shutout and still lose for seven innings. Like that's. I feel like you can figure out pitching on the fly because you can shuttle arms in and out, but you can't replace. A Brizzo power outage at all. I mean, Eric Sogard and Matt Duffy don't do it for me. I guess. What What are the things that you wanna that you wanna see in the next week? Well, I just 
I just want to see the offense continue to hit the ball. Um, again, you know, I'm not worried about pitching. As as bad as we feel about how the Cubs have been, they're only three games out of first. And we've said from the we've said from Jump Street that the NL Centrals they're gonna maul they're gonna maul each other all the way uh, all throughout the year, and we're really not gonna have a clear picture of the division until August September, right? Yeah, I mean, by by July you should at least know if you're still battling with those teams just about five hundred, or if you started to drop off. But if you're hanging around 500, you're in this division. Are you – what do you have to tell those Facebook warriors that want to sell the farm in early April, early to mid-April? The, the season is not won in April ever. It can be lost there, you, you know, but if you're only three games below 500, which is what they are right now, you're still in the hunt. I mean – Think about, and I'm going to break those older Cub fans' hearts here. In 69, the Cubs, they played a little bit over 500 in September, but the Mets went on such a tear. I don't expect the Cubs to go on a tear like that. But if you have a, a semblance of a hot streak, you have a chance to jump out in front of everybody. And the Cubs' offense, we know Rizzo can carry the offense on his back. We know Bryant can do it. We've seen it done. We've seen Baez do it. Contreras the way he's hitting the ball, he's capable of doing it. Jason Hayward, I didn't mention him earlier. He's also, you know, hitting the ball a little bit here. You know, all those guys, they're all capable. Two of them get hot, and they can carry a team. And you really shouldn't need to score 13 runs to even – or you shouldn't even need to score 10 runs to win a ball game because it's baseball, for the love of God. I know – we can get into philosophical philosophical arguments about the way the ball jumps off the bat and strikeouts and home runs, but still, you're going to win a lot of games 4-3, 4-3, You're only going to need to score four runs. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And the, the bullpen for the Cubs, they got a bad rap last year. Everybody said, oh, how bad the Cubs bullpen was. You take away those first 10, 12 games, Cubs had the best bullpen in the National League last year when you really got down to it. Fred Kimbrell, he's, he's been lights out so far this season. And the rest of the bullpen, that's something you figure out as you go along. Every team goes through that, um, except for maybe the Brewers. They might have a bullpen that can shut down, although the Cubs have hit them. Uh, they came to life in that. Uh, even in a the game they lost 6-3, to three, they kind of bounced back in that game late in the game against the Brewers' bullpen. But the Cubs bullpen, those starters, if they give you the innings, Cubs are going to win some games. And that's really what you want to do. You want to, you want to, you want to win. If you can stay at five hundred or even two games under five hundred, you're okay. Um, looking around the league a little bit, are you worried about the Yankees? If if you're a Steinbrenner fan, fan. If if you're Steinbrenner, you're always worried about the. Uh, Yankees, but um, you know, just like we're saying with the Cubs, it's still early in the year. You know, let let things shake out. People didn't play 162 game last year. They got to start to get back in the rhythm, but I do enjoy the Yankees having the worst record in the uh, American League for the first time in I forget how many years. I do like that, being a Yankee hater. 92 or 93, I think. I, I thought it was still in the 2000s, but yeah, either way, it's been yeah. a long time. 
Either way, it's fun. Um, things, because what's the schedule look like ne- in the next week or so here? Cause we come, they are at home. Uh, the Mets come into town, and then the Brewers are back. God, can we ever just get away from the Brewers? <laughs> yeah, after this, we only see the Brewers, I think, ten more times during the season. And that's it's a while till we get to them. Oh, boy. It seems like you can't get away from the from the Pirates and the Brewers. So Tuesday, because no game to, no game tomorrow, and it's on ESPN again. Probables aren't out yet for the Mets. Are we gonna have to see Thor? Um, I do not know the Mets pitching rotation offhand. With the off day tomorrow, I, I would be taking a look at that. But um, Mets have. Mets have good pitching all the way around. But, again, the, the Cubs' bats are heating up. The worrisome thing is, will they even play Tuesday with that snow coming? Oh, God. And we got all the beans planted, too. <laughs> oh, the life, the life of living in Illinois. I don't know. I just, I'm excited, but still timid. Is that the is that the mantra that we should have going forward? Yeah. Uh, excited, but, but be patient. And um, as I'm looking here, we get DeGrom in Game 3. We get Peterson in Game 2, and I had Game 1, and now they're not showing it. So, But no, uh, those are the three. The other one was the name I didn't recognize. Uh, Tejon Walker is the other one that we get. Okay, so we, we, miss, we, we miss Marcus Stroman and Syndergaard. So, Correct. I'm, I'm happy with it, I guess. And then the Brewers, you got the law firm up there. Is uh, is Yel is Yelich still going to be on the DL? Um, he would be eligible to come off. I do not have an update on what his situation is, though. That will be interesting because my fantasy team man is a disaster right now because I've got about five. I've got about five or six guys that could go on the DL in about three spots. So. It's a great time to be a fantasy baseball player. What are your thoughts on just the the central on on the whole? What are what are your takeaways early in the season? Um, the team that scares me the most is the Reds. Okay, they, I'm not the uh, I'm not they, the only one. They, they scare me. They lost some pitching. Obviously, they lost the Cy Young Award winner and Trevor Bauer, but uh, they got some guys who can hit and. Uh, Castellanos, man, I he he scares me when he's in the other team's uniform. I want I want him back, and freaking Tyler Naquin and his Ohio voodoo, because he was the one that was hitting the Cubs in the World Series. Remember that? Yeah. I just <laughs> there is a lot of there's a lot of pop in this division. Who who takes the wild cards? What what are your early odds on the wild card games? Uh, San Diego's one of them. And how many wild cards are we gonna have? Are we just gonna have two, or are we gonna have three again, or four, or five? I I would assume. What's what's the what's the total right now? Is it two? Uh, it's two at the moment. Yes. Okay, so you get two. Who's your Who's your second one? Uh, beyond the Padres. Um. I'd probably have to go somewhere from the NL East. 
Not sure because Atlanta's going to be in the hunt here as time goes on. The Mets right now are playing well, so early side I would go with one of those two. Whoever doesn't win the division, the other one between the Mets and the Braves. So you have to win the Central to get into the postseason? Oh, I, I think that's a given, yes. Oh, boy. Unless, unless they expand again. Which they could. I mean, I don't see it happening, but it could happen because, you know, Rob Manford likes to change his mind at the last second. We've seen it before. <laughs> um, in other news, I got to go watch live in-person baseball, which was wild. I yelled, I yelled at Schwarber a little bit and told him Chicago missed Chicago missed him. So that was that was a little therapeutic, I guess. I did have to go sit with a bunch of Cardinal fans. Love you, Jetty. But not my favorite. I want to go home. I haven't been to Wrigley in three, two years. So it's it's time to go back, wouldn't you say? It is, it is time to get to Wrigley. I want to know, though, how come you didn't catch one of those home run balls to left field? <laughs> they, they were... The uh, Arenado, the the Arenado tater bounced about three steps away from me, and then bounced back down. It didn't bounce up, but the um, the usher, the nice usher gentleman, gave Abe and I two foul balls to take home with us. So I did come up with some hardware. There you go. There you go. Next time, just run him over. I mean. It was a thought, but either either way, it was fun. And yes, I almost was that I was the opposing team fan that turned on that watched the ninth inning in on his phone while in a, a live baseball game. But I didn't do that because I had you watching it and keep giving me updates. All all around good time. Can we talk about something that I saw? And maybe you saw this too, but old Chicago Cubs coaching staff take ex-Cubs players and take them to their new teams. Do you see? Do you see what I'm getting at here? Yeah, I'm seeing uh, the Angels and the the Nationals. Yeah, I Brandon Hyde. I don't think has anybody in in Baltimore, but. Is that a culture thing? What is that? It's it is um, people who are familiar with people, and they like have, they had good experiences with, and they're looking for a hole, and it comes down to two guys, and they know one and not the other, and they they have a good relationship with the one. They're going to take that one. It just makes sense. I mean, if it comes down to Kyle Schwarber and a Jock Peterson, which the Cubs had that issue, the difference was money there. And yeah. the Cubs didn't have the money to give Schwarber at the time. And then uh, when they realized they were going to be able to have 25% of fans there, that opened up some money. Um, then Peterson was there. But it comes down to those two. If, if you know one and you don't know the other, you're going to go with the one that you know. They're both good guys. So you're just going to go with the one that you're comfortable with and you know. And you've got a relationship with. You know what he's bringing um, it's better to go with the known than the unknown, really, if the two guys are pretty much equal. So, I mean, that's that's why you have Lester and Schwarber headed over with Dave Martinez. And Starlin Castro, don't forget about that. <laughs> yeah, but Starlin Castro, he wasn't free agent. That was all trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, to get there, he'd been gone for a while. Um, 
but then, you know, Dexter Fowler going to the Angels, I realized that was a trade. Um, but uh, you also have LaStella out there who uh, was always a favorite with Madden. Um, that's that's all. That, that's just all connections there and knowing people. And you tend to go, if you remember, well, you don't remember because you weren't alive, but back in the 80s, uh, Chicago was Philly West with Boa and, you know, the Dallas Green bringing everybody over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Moreland, Gary Matthews. Some guy named Ryan Sandberg, you know. I remember hearing about that. <laughs> hey, yeah. Well, hell, you didn't you do? Didn't you have a conversation with Bobby Nernier a couple years ago? Yeah, I did. I was able to play in that uh, charity softball game at uh, the Cup Cardinal game as a, a radio personality. And uh, Bobby Nernier and I had a lot of fun in the outfield uh, talking with each other. I, l- I learned some things about what it's like to be out on the out on the road. He was telling some stories about Les Lancaster and Kyle Farnsworth and, and that whole crew. Oh, fun times, fun times. But, um, let's, let's, we, let's re-go over what you want to, what, what we want to focus on in the next week or so. Well, with the schedule, the Cubs are playing, um, coming up here, they have uh, the Mets, we mentioned them already in the, in the three games. And offensively, I want to see the offense going. Now, Tuesday, if they play Tuesday with all that snow and that cold, that's not hitters thing. But hopefully that goes both ways. Jake Arrieta's pitching for the Cubs. So you kind of like that idea that the Mets hitters got to sit here and face that guy. Um, Wednesday, hopefully it warms up a little bit and the Cubs bats should warm up with it. Then Thursday, you know, everybody's going to complain when the Cubs only get five hits off the Grom. Five hits off the Grom is a pretty good day for any team. And then uh, when the Brewers come to town, you really want that offense to hit its stride, especially with the tension that there was up in Milwaukee with Contreras and uh, Tapera and Tapera's suspension. We're going to see how that plays out. But uh, I want to see the Cubs bats really rolling going into Friday, Saturday, Sunday with the Brewers. And let's let's talk about the Wilson Contreras deal and the suspensions and it makes no sense. I, I'm I'm sorry. You you hit a guy five times in what is it, ten games or something like that. He's got a right to be pissed, am I wrong? No, you're you're not wrong at all. He's got a right to be upset. And were the Brewers throwing at him intentionally? No, but they're pitching him up and in. If you're going to pitch up and in, you need to have good control in that area. And the Brewers pitchers who've been doing that have not had control, and they're hitting Contreras. And Contreras has every right to be upset. Um, Contreras probably spoke a little too much when he said, you know, about throwing at at players and things like that. But I do not get how the fines and the suspensions come and there's nothing for the Brewers who have hit, you know, so many guys in that amount of time. I mean, they mentioned in tonight's game, the Brewers and Braves lead the league and hit by pitch. And the comment was made on the TV side that that's not abnormal for the Cubs. They get hit by a lot of pitches historically, especially when you have Rizzo, but now you have Contreras to that and Contreras, the way he's going, the way he's hitting the ball, you know, they're, they're playing with fire going inside like that. They are. And the suspensions make no sense. And, oh, what's his name? The the catching coach that got, that got booted last week? And, yeah. 
Is that is that Rossi's fault? Is that partially why Ross got a one game suspension? I mean, that to to Para, I get it, I guess, a little bit, maybe. If Nick Cassianos gets suspended, I can see where Tapera gets suspended. But at the end of the day, you're you're protecting your guy, and I'm not one on I'm not one on unnecessary suspensions just for you know in the spirit of the game, and I'm not a get off my I'm not a get off my lawn baseball fan. However, you gotta you gotta protect your guys, and yes, Tapera was making a statement by throwing behind Woodruff, but I get it, and I think he had the right to because catchers can't do much when it comes to protecting themselves. So, I mean, what? at what point does Manfred come out from the MLB and say, this is the, these are the ground rules for suspensions, or will that happen, do you think? Well, it's not Manfred who, who hands down the suspensions, and I forget who it is. It used to be Joe Torre. I don't think he's still in that, that role. But um, if Tapera deserved the suspension, I don't think he did, but... You know, you said you're somewhat okay with it. Ross's suspension is because his player intentionally threw at someone, and the manager is the one who is in charge of that. So that's the reason for the Ross suspension there. Um, again, I don't necessarily agree. I understand it. I, I'm not happy about it. Yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Um, if you're going to – Tapera threw properly at the Brewers pitcher. He threw below the waist. He threw it down where it's not going to do hard, a lot of physical damage if it, if it gets them. It's just, uh, hey, we understand our guy's been hit quite a bit. We want to let you know we're paying attention, and if you continue to do it, we're going we're gonna to do something about it. It's yeah. really what the message was. And, you know, what the Paris said is, you know, the league is, the league is so soft now. Let the players police it themselves, and you're not going to have guys hitting each other because – they know that there will be retaliation. Yeah, it just it makes it makes it makes no sense. I it just you don't want guys throwing a, a you you don't want guys throwing 90, 90 plus at the head. I get that. I do. However, <laughs> police policing the game is allowed. I think you you look at you look at football. If somebody takes a cheap shot on the quarterback and for football, a lineman's gonna come up and protect this guy, and then the defense is gonna obliterate a wide receiver on the next on the next play it, or on the next drive. It's gonna happen. It's just it's part of sports. I think. I mean, am I wrong? No, I I, I think and and baseball. You know, we always talk about the unwritten rules of baseball and. And some have outlived their time, and some have not. This is one that has not. Let the let the pitchers, let the players, patrol this themselves. If you do that, I mean, it it used to be that guys. Well, now you can't pitch. You can't pitch inside too much because you hit them, and everybody cries, "Oh, baby, baby," and you know, and then it's all over. Yeah. If you if you let them, please. You're going to let pitchers pitch inside again, and if they hit somebody, then somebody else on your team's going to get hit, and they know it. And yeah. I mean, there's there's times back in the '70s, '80s, 
a guy would walk up there knowing he was about to get drilled. Knew he was going to take get hit. He's like, yep, knew it was coming. Walked the first. That was it. It was over. And they played on. Yeah, it's 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 dumb. Can we also talk a second talk a second about an unassisted triple play that was not unassisted? <laughs> with Rizzo and Freddie Freeman when Frederick <laughs> Oh Lord. And that's that's part of the fun of baseball, I think. Yep, that was players having fun playing ball. I know when I played some semi pro ball I had some uh, friends who played on other teams and against each other and later on we'd play on the same team and things like that. But we'd have a we'd have a lot of fun with, with each other, you know, and we you know, we'd be we'd be talking a little bit of smack out there, and uh, Rizzo and Freeman, those two um, at first base, they just loved to chat up. I was a chatty baseball player, if you can imagine that being a radio guy. Um, but uh, I was all I was always I was chatting with the catcher when I was at the plate, talking to the first baseman. I was talking with the umpires. It didn't matter. I was talking all the time, full time chatter. And that's what's so fun about baseball is you can do that and it not be distracted. And even if it is a thirteen a thirteen four game, you're still having fun. Like that's that's part of baseball that I think gets overshadowed and it's all binary now, strike at, between strikeouts and home runs. It we lose we talk about the spirit of the game. The spirit of the game is just a bunch of overgrown kids playing the game that they love, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think Rizzo having hit those two home runs helped tonight that he was in a more playful mood, even though they were losing 13-4. to four. Um, I don't know if he had struck out three times if he would have been quite as playful, but it, it, it was a lot of fun. And Freddie Freeman, Jason Hayward, I don't know if you know this or not, they were drafted the same year by the Braves. Uh, Jason Hayward was the number one or the first-round pick. Freddie Freeman was the second round pick that year, and they were roommates through minor league baseball. So those two are like best friends, and obviously, uh, and they share the same agent. So, you know, Rizzo knowing the relationship Hayward has with Freeman and all that, they probably have, you know, grown to know each other also. So that, that helps even more in that playfulness. Oh, God. Talk about a hell of a draft. <laughs> Jason Hayward in the first round, Freddie in the second round. Jesus. Oh, how? And, and you're gonna, we're gonna pull this back up in the off season if this happens. If if for some reason Rizzo does not stay with the Cubs, okay, what would it be like to have Freddie Freeman on the Cubs? He's a free agent this year, also. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Pair him back up with Hayward. I think that would be fun. That would... again, don't want to lose Rizzo. No, nope. Freeman's not a bad alternate. I mean, and we can have we can have a full hour conversation about how the salary cap in baseball is the stupidest sport to have a salary cap. 
Um, but that's that's another argument for another day. But I'm throwing this out there. If we're if we're talking free agency, Rizzo in the house that they built in New York. I wow, that would that would be incredible to see. But I don't think that's happening with Luke Voigt there. You're right, and Jay Bruce just retired today. Fun fact. Um, oh, he did. I didn't hear that. Yeah, he did. He just retired before today's game or Saturday's game, one of the two. So uh, you're probably right. However, that would be fun, and the reason why for those at home that don't understand the dynamics of Yankee Stadium, the short porch and Rizzo and Yes, please. If I'm if I'm a Yankee fan, which I'm not, I, I want that. I want that. People talked about Schwarber in Schwarber in New York. That didn't happen. It, it's the same. It's the same basic principle, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, you know, we have gone. Oh, we've got a little long today, but that's okay. Derek, any parting thoughts before we get you out of here? Um. I'm just looking for uh, some great baseball and uh, looking for the snow to miss us. That's, yes, we know. I usually love snow, but not this late in the year. Um, give me a record by next Sunday. What do you want in the next week? Uh, let's see. We have uh, six games. So I would be happy with three and three. Um, knowing that's going to be a tough game on Tuesday if they play it. Um, if they don't play it, then I want to be three and two. If we only get five games in. Um, win on Wednesday. Uh, a win on Thursday would be a bonus against the Grom, and then uh, take two of three from the Brewers. Sounds beautiful to me, Derek. We'll talk again next week. Sound good? All right. Thanks, Nate. minds a little bit about the Cubs' struggles and how 2-6 isn't all that bad. Later on today, if you're listening to this on Monday morning, later on today, Arkin will stop by and talk all things White Sox. TA is back from the DL. Also, we have a no-hitter hangover. How things look in White Sox land. So, thank you for listening. Tell a friend about us, and we'll see you in the next one.